Greetings, salutations, hello cats and cuties, and welcome to an anime podcast of some sort. I'm David, I'm also known as DJM. My co-host is Jack Dalton Alistair, a.k.a. Count Jack Noir, a.k.a. Jack Tyler D., a.k.a. about six other names since our last <laughs> podcast. What's up, Jackson? Uh, the names keep growing, as does my influence. The kingdom shall feast. The Mennonites will rise. What are Mennonites? I'm never clear on that. Anyway, it is so good to be back. It is so good to be speaking and breathing and alive again. It has been too long, too long, says I. I know you you caught the plague too, didn't you, Jack? Oh, I caught all manner of the plague, and I am so happy to be free of it. It's still kind of plaguing me a little bit, just a little. I uh, keep waking up every morning and uh, uh, puttering like an old man with bronchitis, but you know what? That's uh, hardly any different from the shit that comes out of my mouth on a normal basis. So uh, let's do it. Let's talk shit and get hit, as the kids say. Well, well we're not I'm alone. glad that... This will not be a podcast that I have to edit out my throwing up on, because we actually are going to talk about the animus and the mongos and, and all that other stuff. But Jack, guess what? Oh boy, I'm so excited. What is it, David? We actually managed to get another guest this time around, Jack. I'm so excited. Oh, really? No way! Yeah. Who is it? Yeah. it I know. Is it's, it Laura it's Bailey? No, although she's very nice. She's a very nice lady. Um, yes. but, but it is someone that, that actually knows what the hell they're talking about when it comes to all this anime stuff. Uh, it is a fantastic oh, writer and contributor from the fine folks at wavemotioncanon.com and the host of Warui Desho. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the A Posse, the one, the only, the subtle doctor. What is up, doc? Thanks for joining us. What's going on, folks? Uh, so happy to be aboard APOS. Very excited to uh, shoot the shit with you all. Uh, it is no, that's another show. Always... That, that's another show. Okay, well, whatever it is we're doing here, I'm excited for. I find it uh, just revitalizing to uh, interact with uh, other folks in the community, and it's always energizing to share ideas about anime and other nerd pursuits. So. Uh, I'm I'm very grateful that you asked me to be part of this episode. And Jack and I are grateful that you accepted. So let's just get Speak down for yourself. To... I am ecstatic. I am exuberant. Thank you very much. Well, excuse me. God Listen, right. there's no need no need for all the all the pomp and whatnot. It's just it's just me, Doctor Bad Shows, aka the Great Regression. No worries. Oh, <laughs> so, what did you think well, of the... Dragon Maid? <laughs> did well, you watch it sober? I hate to um, I hate to I don't ruin the bit here. I'm actually not watching Dragon Maid. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say something completely different. I thought you were going to go up to the mic and go, I have a Toru body pillow that I sleep with. No. No, that... Uh, Every night me. I kiss her. I'm, I'm not about that life, but I'm I'm cool with those that are. Um, 
<laughs> but no, I don't. I, I know that the that there has been some. Uh, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but there have been some hot takes and some people that have been upset with uh, Dragon Maid of late. Oh boy, I will oh I will call boy, it controversy howdy. all the live long day. I think that this thing deserves every negative connotated word toward it, but it's still at the end of the day, I didn't have a bad time at that party where I was drunk and somehow it was a party filled with nerds, so we decided, hey, instead of playing cards against humanity for the umpteenth time, let's watch some Dragon Maid. That'll Look, get the party I feel pumping. Like- Watching terrible anime while drunk with friends is something of a rite of passage. It's something that's bound to happen. It's it's a part of really the whole fandom experience. I, I think if if you haven't done that, you're you're missing out. But uh, really, it's like hentai uh, night. Uh, oh boy, been there uh, <laughs> with mostly girls at that. <laughs> I'm I'm jealous. I haven't. I uh, most of my anime people. Or people that I have met online, uh, I don't actually know in real life too many people, if anyone, that are anime people. So I haven't had this this whole sort of uh, rite of passage. So very, you know, per- hey, maybe maybe we can make that happen. You know, when you said no. anime people, I thought of like those anime avatar things that people make on like Maple Story or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to realize that it was actual human beings that you were talking about. No, but regardless, no, no, so Jack, good. you pretty, you pretty much had the right idea the first time. <laughs> we're all hollow and sad. <laughs> we all have giant eyes and no nose. We're all oh, often boy. questioning our existences. But, but Doc, I want to know, since you're not watching Dragon Maid, what are you watching or, or playing or, or anything? What have you been up to? You're the guest. Tell us tell us what's good. Okay, well, since this is an anime show, uh, I guess I'll start with Te- anime uh, that I've been <laughs> that I've been watching. I've been playing more uh, video games than watching anime of late um, because uh, <laughs> because of wave motion is doing. A fairly extensive anime of the year project that is still on ongoing, uh, even though it's March of the following year. <laughs> but uh, we're still working on that, and I crammed in so damn much anime at the end of 2016 and the beginning of 2017 that uh, my diet of late has been light. Uh, but I have been watching and writing about uh, Kuzuno Hankai Scum's Wish. Um, and I haven't seen uh, the most recent episode, which I believe is episode eight, but I've I'm caught up to to seven, and that's a show that I really really like a lot. Um, you dis- know, I have I have one or two say, issues Doc, with it. Oh yeah, go ahead. I gotta say, Doc, maybe we'll invite you on It's in Season because that's one of the shows we're talking about this season. I'd be, I'd be more than happy. I'd be more than happy to discuss it there uh anytime um but yeah i think it's um i think there it has a lot that is good and right about it it's its heart is in the right place a lot of the time but i think it i don't know lately it's made a couple decisions that have irked to me well uh, we're just at about episode six right now 
uh, as, okay. as a collective podcast. We'll, we'll be uh, doing episodes seven and eight uh, this coming week. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited. Uh, the show is f- definitely interesting. Uh, dare I use 2016's favorite word on the internet? It is slightly problematic, but <laughs> it's one of those things where it's still very, very hard to turn away. Uh, but since you mentioned video games, what are you playing? Well, uh, I have, I, I'm very late to this party, uh, but a 2017 will forever be known to me as the year that I have found uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki's soul's religion. Oh, no. I am, I am part of the Church of From Software now, their newest acolyte and uh, advocate. So uh, if you'd rather me just <laughs> not talk about From Software games, we can skip this. But holy shit, no, no, I've no. been See, playing. Th- this sounds like oh. it's something more up Jack's alley, just given his reaction <laughs> alone. Okay, uh, okay. My interest in video games usually... Uh, ebbs and flows with every Tekken release, so I'm only just starting to care about video games again, so please, go mm-hmm. on. Well, so I have been playing uh, quite a bit of Bloodborne, which is uh, from, <laughs> software's, from Software's 2015 non-Dark Souls release. Um, when I say non-Dark, it's non-Dark Souls in name only. It is as, it's really just Dark Souls. It It is a a souls game in many ways this is so this is my first souls game so i can't authoritatively say like well no it's actually different from dark souls because of these reasons but like because uh, everything's <laughs> named differently that's it that's all it has to be like uh everything everything is just different nomenclature and that's pretty much it well, well so, so I've, heard, I've, I've well i've, yeah. I've heard so it actually has some key differences regarding like your the way it trains you to play because so a lot of people play dark souls in a very very cautious way because it retrains you in how to think about uh character death and resource management and uh enemy encounters and and each of those means so much more in that game uh, uh, because of, I because cannot of the be way trained. it's structured uh, so like a lot of people, again, are so cautious, but like what sort of I think is special about Bloodborne and, and new person friendly about it um, mm. is that uh, it it trains you to uh, play very aggressively because it takes away shields, which were a crutch in Dark Souls and just gives you a gun that allows you to uh, get up close and parry. Uh, your foes so that you can open them up for more damage. Uh, so there's no turtling. There's you're meant to run up, uh, and also if you lose health, uh, you're as you're actually encouraged to rather than back away and use healing potions to hit your enemy. Uh, and you'll do it's called the rally system. And so what the health that you lost will sort of remain in your health bar in a different color for a bit. And if you kind of hit your enemies for a while, you can regain that health. So all these things are meant to like encourage a slightly different play style than a, a lot of people adopted in Dark Souls, and those kind of small tweaks. So what you're like saying they sound it is small, not like they, it's they not add a, up. To so Dark Doc, Souls. what you're saying is is that this is not a soul crushing game that I would quit in 40 minutes. 
That's what you're saying. I mean, you still might. It's still. it's real fucking hard, and you you have to prove yourself to the game for a couple of hours and and acclimate yourself to its rhythms. Uh, but but it those rhythms really really got deep into me. And uh, I tried Dark Souls a few years ago and couldn't. Uh, I didn't just didn't get it. But uh, for whatever reason, this has like really captured my imagination. Like I find myself thinking about it when I'm not playing it and wanting to play it and uh, just soaking up uh, every moment that I have with it and and really just treasuring it and enjoying it in a way, even when I'm dying, uh, 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 which is a lot (laughs) that I I don't do in in a lot of games. so, but but this is all sort of stuff that people probably already know. Um, and if if I can just be like indulgent for for a second here, I think uh, because a lot of people know about like Dark Souls and dying in combat. But like, what a really interesting thing happened to me when I was playing this game the other day is that this game has sort of I, I mentioned retraining you about combat, but it's actually caused me to rethink how we think about choices in video games and and has made me think, you know what? We should fucking expect more from video game choices. Um, So there's a particular encounter that I had uh, the other day. I was walking in some really fucking scary woods, right? Which everything in Bloodborne is fucking scary. But (laughs) so walking uh, along in some woods and I see uh, an old man crouched over uh, some freshly dead bodies. Uh, there's two or three people that have been, looked like they've just been killed, and he's he's laying over them on his hands and knees. And I walk up, and it sounds it sounds like he's eating one of them. And I'm thinking, what? That can't be. And I walk up, and and he is startled, and he's afraid, and he says like, oh fuck, you scared me. Like don't don't walk up on me like that. There are monsters everywhere. Like. Oh, did you did you take care of the, the other monster on the path? Thank you so much. Like I was so afraid. I'm like, okay, this is I was wrong. This is just a kind man. Like th- this, all this is right. Just a just a kind man who's lost in in the woods or whatever. And he's like, I, I you know I'm lost. I need some help. Like can you can you tell me a safe place to go? And the mechanic in this game is directing NPCs to um to a chapel, right, where they can be safe from all the horrible beasts that are out. And so you sort of think to yourself, like, yes, this is a game. I'm going to do the nice guy gamey thing, right? The moral choice. And so I tell him, yes, go, go to this chapel. And later on, I went back and another NPC I had sent there was dead. And this guy was hanging around outside the chapel. He wouldn't go into it. Um, and he was talking about how grateful he was uh, that I, you know, showed him this place and how nice it was. And the reason I put I put two and two together is that the reason he wouldn't go in was because um, you know beasts can't go go into the church because of the incense. And this guy is dead, you know, right after I sent this guy here. And I hit him, and it turns out yes, he's a beast. So he was just disguising himself. But it just fucking made me think. Like here was this choice, right? That is like penalizing you for making this the fake paragon nice guy choice that we're trained to make in video games what it's saying is like yeah you can be fake nice or you can trust your gut you can look at the environment around you and trust your instincts and make choices based on that uh 
And I found that there was just this extra dimension of complexity to that choice that is like so often not there, right? Like in new Fallout games, your choices mm-hmm. are like be a cool dude or be history's greatest monster. Like, and it's so transparent, like the choices that you're meant to, like the things that you are choosing between. But um, it was a lot more ambiguous there. And like, that's just one of a lot of little things that I just so appreciate about okay. this game. Okay. Dark Souls, so, David, for terms guys, that you might I, understand. Oh. I, I want to ask you, Doc, a question. Um, For someone who is, say, extremely psychologically fragile and wants to be the person that does all of the good things and saves the world in his video games okay and does not handle failure and re- rejection very well <clears throat> okay okay how, 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 how does one play a game like this <laughs> you don't <laughs> yeah i think you suck it up and you move on that's life david that's real life Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think you just you have to like be content with uh the decision that you made and, and think to yourself like okay, well I weighed all the pros and cons and I really get took a hard look at it and I gave it my best and you know goddamn it this this person fooled me. Even like, that's the nature the of this world. Outfits, man. <laughs> I can't even do character outfits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will I will say this, David. Uh Souls the Soul series is very interesting, but then when you go to Bloodborne, Bloodborne is I, I think it that um Doc has got it kind of right. It is it is subtly different in the way that you have to treat it. If the I Souls franchise mm-hmm, if the Souls franchise is a really standoffish ice queen possibly a librarian with the brunette bun she knows what's up but she'll just be kind of uh quiet and calm and maybe occasionally lash out at you in that that frigid way that they do 3d versus 2d all the time 3d trumps it but anyway uh they will uh reward your patience but bloodborne is like if that librarian was just libido up to 11 and you know you have to make the first move you really you can't just sit there and wait for something to to give you can't wait for the ice caps to melt you have to go in there you have to get in there you have to be brave this is me telling you david this is your time to be brave go out there and grab a librarian's bosom and play bloodborne What a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Go in, just don't even tell her anything. Just, no, okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, uh, don't do that. But um, David, if you it's, are... It's your Donald Trump moment. <laughs> <laughs> if if you are having trouble, David, I recommend a couple things. One, you can watch uh, any number of playthroughs. Uh, I, you know, I'm not really much of a Grumps fan anymore, but they did do an excellent Bloodborne playthrough. I think it's little over a hundred parts hundred and some change and they did a pretty good job of keeping the scurry kind of down on the down low that was how i actually got into interested in bloodborne and um you know i played some souls and i I thought to myself oh that, that might be a good idea so um i ended up playing it myself or you can do what i personally 
personally did, which is uh, allow yourself to believe that your character, which you are investing your time, your love, and your hours perfecting until they look exactly the way you want, just make them make them the strangest person that you can possibly think of. So I did so. And I named them something funny. Not like the Grumps. I did not name my character Eat Da Poo Poo, but I did name him after the strangest person that I know in recent media, David and that was Jeffrey Robbie Rock. Majors. <laughs> <laughs> Both are an excellent choice. No, I named him Robbie Rotten. And uh, anytime I got especially spooked, I would turn the lights back on and just kind of mumble to myself, here's a little lesson in trickery. This is going down in history. And then I'd get back in there and I'd run to the fray and die. But sometimes you got to know when to scold them and you got to know when to let them eat you. That's how the song goes, right? Yeah, you you got it. That's exactly All right. right. I'm All gonna right. see if there's a new version of Tetris. Popular, well, <laughs> a, a YouTuber that I quite like, uh, called uh, H Bomber Guy, names his <laughs> names. <laughs> so I can't say it without laughing. He creates in Dark Souls a blue skinned lady uh, named Brexit. <laughs> and oh that no! Just makes me so happy. <laughs> That's great. I don't know why, but. Uh, but yes, there there are a lot of things you can do to help offset the potential frustration. Political jokes, everybody. That's the way you do them. Yep. Yep. That's, totally. that's what we do here at the anime that's podcast sh- of some sort. Forever. I'm sorry for hijacking yeah. and talking no. so no, no, about this. No, that's no. good. This is, this is what we're here for when we're not bitching about live action remakes or, or songs from live action remakes. Oh, Lord. Oh. Jack, it's... <laughs> It's time to bring yeah. up Ghost in the Shell again, Jack. Oh, no. Because, yeah. So you uh, have probably, and, and Doc, you've probably heard the the original song from the first Ghost in the Shell movie, the the choir song. Uh, well. Wait a minute. Uh, What's musician? this movie? I'm, I'm not familiar with this movie. G- Ghost in the, in the, in the Shell? Uh, f- f- think... Scarlett Johansson in The Matrix. <laughs> oh no, I I have a deep and abiding love for Ghost in the Shell. Well, for the for the anime versions of Ghost yes. in the Shell, and yes. I am a standalone so, complex guy. That's so, great. It's great. Th- this movie, uh, that there was a uh, musician Steve Aoki did a oh. remix of this song. And it is, uh, as I heard during my time in the Air Force, it's a bag of mashed ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am using that. It's, it's really It's all funny. yours, Jackson. It's terrible. I didn't know it existed, actually, because because I'm kind of avoiding. I don't know. I don't like to watch like movie trailers. I like to go into films if I'm going to see them at all, like uh, with as little information as possible. So I did not know that this was a thing until you put it in the dock. And I must say, well, well, I was it just taken aback how terrible it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so bad. bad. It's pretty bad. Christ almighty. Like, it's barely. And it like, has been universally panned. 
schadenfreude i was hoping kind of subtly in the back of my mind that this kind of thing was gonna happen <laughs> just so i could hear david's rage see yeah. my yeah. hopes and dreams that this movie might be okay crushed that's what you want you sick sick <laughs> bastard Hey, I'm happy. Lego Batman was great. <laughs> I have no complaints in my life right oh, now. Oh, it was. Lego Batman it was, was really, really good. Uh, guys, do yourself a favor. Skip Ghost in the Shell. Watch Lego Batman. It was fantastic. And go very see Lego Batman my- first. Go see Lego Batman. And then go see Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> Does Lego Batman contain pontifications on the nature of humanity? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I mean... I- you, from the first moment, you've got a uh, gay proposal from the Joker in the beginning. Basically, Holy it's shit. quite excellent. What? Yeah, I'm not even. Wow. I, I'm. I'm hardly kidding. Goddamn! I think True. somebody okay. dies too. I don't know. I, you'll have to see it. I'm gonna withhold more information, but I'm intriguing you. I can tell. Enjoy. You are. You are. There's a hook in my you mouth. You should definitely see Lego Batman. Zach Galifianakis and- is. Oddly, a really good Joker. <clears throat> God, I didn't know he was the Joker. That's incredible. <laughs> and then Will Arnett That's comes back of... from the original Lego movie. I know, Galifianakis, how in the world did you villain? Like, you tried with the turtleneck guy in Dinner for Schmucks, but this? Now I'm hijacking the podcast. Anyway, David. <laughs> and you didn't even mention Doug Benson as Bane. <laughs> Oh, that that is correct. He did an excellent job. And for I, I did not know this, but David, did you know that Michael Sarah can act? I, eh. I was not aware. This just in. Eh. <laughs> okay, but I would say that this is far and away his best performance. It's it's the only time I've ever heard him emote with his voice. If someone told me, yeah, Michael Sarah is Robin, and then you go in, and he's like. I would have expected, hey, good, oh man, Batman, holy, holy rusted metal, Batman. It's a joke from Batman Forever, huh? But no, he, he emoted. I'm surprised. You do a really good, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm in love with the. Uh, I'm in love with the woman who's gonna play uh, Abraham Lincoln's uh, wife in the Vampire Hunter movie. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I would have expected a lot of awkward pauses and just staring. Kick your heart in the ass. <laughs> Thank- thankfully, there's enough material to keep him talking and not become awkward. Can I just I say think about when... this, um, Steve Aoki? So, like, it's mm. it's not just that it's like it's shitty, right? Because like I, this could just be like a lot of people could chalk this up to my taste, right? Because I'm not into the like Skrillexian, like. Wee! Which is happening there? And like, I kind of am. It is. I feel like it's just such a like distortion in a bad way of that original song. I mean, it. It feel like it's just his excuse to dubstep. <laughs> like, I just play a little piano and then, like, it just. Oh, it just hurts me. It hurts me. Oh, uh, I sound so I... fucking old right now. <laughs> Oh, uh, I I used to kind of hate this type of music, too, until I heard, you know, like European artists and even, yes, some Japanese artists. There was a um, couple of remixes that I found on my uh, Steam version of the soundtrack for Blaze Blue. And uh, I, I have to ask just I'm out of, my, I'm out of 
city. Um, so Doc, when you're out there, you're docking and you're doing your doctor thing. Lovely. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm up, I'm up right. on the I'm up on the bit, but uh, sorry, guys. I have to spoil it. He's not a real doctor. He got his PhD in, uh, in gay dragons. Subtlety, I'm not sure. Jack. In subtlety, subtlety. right? In, in another life. I I was pursuing a PhD. I I have two master's degrees, but not a doctorate, unfortunately. But whichever, whatever sort of uh, walk of life, career, gerb, if you will, that you have your, uh, you found yourself in. Yes. uh, You know, you know, if it's more sedentary, if it's less, you know, on your feet, that kind of deal, I can see how you wouldn't necessarily enjoy this music. I personally have to be on my feet and rushing and heavy lifting and all that stuff. And sometimes you just got to hear what is basically the musical equivalent of pistons and gears turning and just like, hell yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's get energized. Chip tune it up. I mean, I'm, I'm heavy, Robots I'm having into, sex. <laughs> I'm into heavy music. I'm into heavy music. And I'm also into electronic music of all, many different varieties. I just never caught the dubstep bug. I guess I, I don't know. Is Steve Aoki technically dubstep? It sounded dubstepy this particular track, but um, I don't know if that's the genre that he deals in in the main. I gotta look uh, up some he, European stuff, dude. He is EDM by trade, but I think this okay. was just ass. This just ended up. Being ass. <laughs> <laughs> there, right. There's really no other way around it. This just ended up being a pile of ass. But guess what, Jack? That's how you really feel, David. Oh, it still hasn't swayed me from seeing Ghost in the Shell midnight showing. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no trailer should. No trailer should. Honestly, do do you, man? I want you to to do what you're gonna do, even if that movie is ass. I want you to be out there. I want you to be present. I want you to remain I hope, a I hope human I being with a social life. I, I hope, hope you do. I love it so I can take on the entire internet like Jet Li in the movie Hero where he has like <laughs> 15,000 arrows being thrust at him at once. I hope I oh, love geez. it. I hope that I absolutely love it. You know That's what? what? I, I hope too. that you Enjoy don't things. have to – I hope that you don't have to – fight a thousand people i hope you only have to fight two thousand people david oh that's a bigger number anyway wait a minute anyway i do hope <laughs> you're doing I hope, great Jack. i hope every you're, you're doing great i nope, you're, no, you're no, fine. That was on purpose. you're fine nope you're doing <laughs> great you're doing good i hope that you do uh defend this movie to the last because i i am curious and always interested in seeing your tweets on uh the kind of uh deep pontification deep uh introspective kinds of borderline pretentious as you yourself consider it uh anime and anime adaptations so i certainly hope david for your sake and for everybody that this is nothing like lucy well, there's a bomb well, jack jack <laughs> lucy was terrible doc jack doc i liked lucy yes yes oh oh i'm so sorry 
I you have don't, kids, you don't so I don't, I don't see movies anymore. <laughs> I don't know what Jack, I never see. Yep. After, after all of this time, I still don't think you fully grasp just how deep this goes. Your, your love like of ScarJo and science fiction and absolute all kinds of... You know what? I gotta hand it to you. I think a lot of people were deeply convinced by Morgan Freeman's narration. I have to hand it to you. Especially since they they chose to put it over some more nature footage, so you felt like you were back in the middle of March of the Penguins again. Like, oh, fuck yeah! I'm ready for this! No, no. I was into it. I was into it. The whole 100% of a person's brain mutating You used that anyway! Black haired Scarjo. I I know. <laughs> David, David, oh, I was oh totally prepared to just let you walk away and go. I'm just nope. fine with my co-host being like, being all into this. And then you had to talk about the hundred percent of the bra- every time. Yeah, I don't care if yeah, people like Jack. the action yeah. or anything. I'm an aneurysm. Oh, oh yeah. I have scissors in my hand. This is not a good day. Yeah, well, uh, let, let me. I liked Lucy. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did like Lucy. You don't know how deep this goes. <laughs> you have no idea what level I'm on. You have no idea. Are you the one who knocks? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I'm DJM, and don't you fucking forget it. Say his name. Just call him DJM, everybody. <laughs> okay. Well, there's, there's, okay. No look, right? Like uh, Ghost in the Shell. It's like, yes, I, I hope that people like enjoy it because I people should enjoy things and have a good time with their media. Please. Um, but but like, I also like. I mean, it will be a good thing if this anime adaptation property is good and does well. It would only be a good thing and pique people's interest in the medium and uh, the over franchise. here, that's very good. And the, the franchise, and what's funny, like, so in my local Walmart, uh, you know, they have sold anime, you know, for a while and it, it on DVD and Blu-ray, like, a lot of Dragon Ball, but occasionally other things, like, kind of scatter throughout their movie section. But in my latest trip, uh, and I can only assume it's because of the impending Ghost in the Shell release and the amount of Ghost in the Shell stuff they had, there was an anime like end cap like section. Like there was Naruto cardboard like people standing there and being cool because it's anime time, y'all. And like there was Ghost in the Shell <laughs> and fucking uh, <laughs> God damn it, not Death Billy or Death Parade. Uh, and Dragon Ball, and you know, all Sailor Moon, and uh, Tokyo Ghoul, and yeah, you know, lots of sort of you know crossoverish properties, like Doc, all kind of very important. together. Yeah, this is very important. Was there okay. a Barker in the front of this section proclaiming <laughs> it's anime time, y'all? Uh, that's what I do for a living. So that was that was that was me. <laughs> No, okay, uh, unfortunately, I'm just going to go ahead and rename the podcast. <laughs> is there a an opening for a protege position for that? Because that's what I want to do for the rest of my life all the time. It's <laughs> just proclaim it's anime time, y'all. 
It's anime time, y'all. Can we get a, a Blizzard? Blizzard, I know you're listening. You're an avid fan of this podcast, clearly. Uh, Blizz devs, can, can we get a uh, voice patch on McCree for his ultimate to shout, It's anime time, y'all. I will play the game 200% more than I already am, and I'm already playing it 24-7. So I'm playing it right now, even. I'm not. I'm joking. I pay very close no, attention to this podcast. No, you're not. No, you're not. So I'm going to talk to Doc <laughs> about something. Like, oh, what's up with this thing about Gunbuster 3, Doc? Oh, I, I saw you put oh. this in. Tell us a this. little bit about Gunbuster 3. Well, there's only a very little bit to tell. Um, so Wave Motion Cannon managed to get a hold of uh, and, and translate an interview done in September 2016 with Gainax's Hiroyuki Yamaga. And Yoshiyuki Sadamoto. And if you don't know who those people are, Yam- uh, Yamaga directed um, Wings of Oniamis. And uh, I think he also directed, this is not a Gynax property, but um, Gundam 0080 War in the Pocket. I believe that's correct, but APOS fans mm. can stab me if that's not true. Um, and Yoshiyuki Sadamoto uh, is most famous for being the Evangelion character designer. He's also the, the Die Buster character designer. Um, and so they're kind of the two leading lights left at Gainax at this point, you know, that weren't poached by Kara or Trigger. And they were talking about um, the status of the studio's current projects, uh, some of which we know, like the, the follow-up to Oniamis, and some of which were not sort of public knowledge, like Aim for the Top Gunbuster 3, which uh, is in, it, it exists as a partially written script. Uh, it is being written now. Sadamoto is working very hard on it. Um, glad that he's still still involved with it. Um, and they are, you know, looking to secure funding. They, I think that they can feel confident that they will get the funding. Um and so, so yes, uh, I don't think it would be completely insane if Gunbuster Three colon Tribuster. That's not really that's not the name, but it but it should be uh, Gunbuster Three <laughs> came out uh, in like I don't know 2019 because I think the previous two anime were 15 years apart, and if this were released in 2019, it would be 15 years, I believe, since the final episode of Diebuster. And you know how anime studios are with their anniversaries. Those sort of things are very important um, to them and to anime fans. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's really kind of all there is. That uh, They were very coy about whether it would tie into the previous two, like Diebuster tied into Gunbuster. Um, and they, they didn't really have a lot to say about the nature of it. Really just the fact that it exists and that they are working on it, uh, and that they are sort of not afraid to admit it in public, I think is encouraging as a, as a gunbuster and diebuster fan. And this makes me very excited. Jack, we've <laughs> talked many, many times about my animus towards the Gynax anime studio with exceptions here and there. Oh, yes. In fact, a thing. 
thing I'm seeing right now as we progress through the interview. I'll mention that later. Mm, continue. But Jack, in the case yes. of my my infamous <clears throat> hatred of Gynax, Gunbuster <laughs> Jack is the exception. <laughs> is that the I, thing? I feel like I could have guessed that. <laughs> and not just from the context of this setup, but just based on Gunbuster is what I know exception. of you. So what do you yeah. uh the, well, the it's really good. Real what do you want from this, David? I I want just something good, something that will wow me, uh, something that will make the animation from the original look look like it was made in the 80s. Uh, we're in the year 2017. I want something that is as good as that was, if not better. And I want to be able to say that Gynax has put out something that I didn't despise in the last 15 years. You didn't like that anime about women's frilly things? What was it called? Oh, geez. Was it called Corset and Socks? It's it, it's called <laughs> something that might get you disconnected from the sky. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but instead of talking about that show, I'm going to take over my fucking podcast and talk a little bit about Gundam. Because it, it's Gundam time. And it's Gundam. there is some, oh. there's is some somber news and there's some uplifting news. Uh, the infamous... better than Gunbuster. It, it is. It is. I'm not, not going to argue that. What? What? You do really? I I thought I would get a rise out of you. Most people, most ed, diehard Gunbuster people, swear off Diebuster as anathema and garbage. I but I will say I enjoyed both. And me I, too. I will play. I will play the role of the neutral aliens from Futurama. <laughs> I have no strong feelings one way or the other. Okay. Okay. But, so I I think I think. The way I tell people is like Diebuster just speaks to me more, but like there's so much to love about both. And given the fact how Diebuster is so, it builds so much on Gunbuster and is so strongly connected to it, it's hard not to kind of see it as all one big thing. Mm. I, I might take Jack? a look at this. Yes, you should. You absolutely should. Uh, but Jack, I do want to give you some advice. Nothing yes. in life lasts forever. Nothing in life lasts forever. Got it. And, My and takeout in the fridge is going bad. Yes. And this also <laughs> includes uh, something that I had on my bucket list for, for quite a few years. Oh, uh, this is sad. The, this is the sad. Gundam statue in Odaiba uh, of the, the original Mobile Suit Gundam is being taken down uh, and has been taken down. And no, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. It's sad. Uh, my friend Catherine in Tokyo, she got to see it. She loved it. It was something that was on my bucket list that I would hope to see someday, but it, alas, twas not meant to be. But. It got reincarnated, much like the Dalai Lama. Resurrection. 
And rise. It did. Because rise later from your grave fall, and rescue my daughter. <laughs> later on reference. this year, the Unicorn Gundam from Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, which Gundam fans, if you have not watched, you don't belong in the family until you do. <laughs> you just get Daddy David disowns you. Go stop what you're doing. Drop your phone. I don't care if you're on the toilet. Go do it. David is displeased. It had Go a tsunami run. There's there's no excuse. Did Gundam Unicorn come on tsunami? Yes, it did. Really? Not that long ago, like in February. Really? It might even still be airing wow. now. That's incredible. I yeah, have no idea. So, no excuses. No excuses. Gundam fans. You could watch the, <laughs> You could watch the TV version on Crunchyroll, but yeah. I, I've heard it's an and inferior I'm speaking version. Directly to my people right now. If you have not watched Gundam Unicorn, you're you're grounded until you do. It's amazing. And you have a, lost your yeah. privileges. The the Unicorn Gundam, they're building a a, a scale copy of the Unicorn Gundam later this year, and they're even saying it might walk. What? What? I would I would pay to see it might walk. I don't know if I'd pay for a plane ticket and my anxiety taking over as I am in a place that I am not usually familiar with to go and see, but I'd pay to see it walk. Man. And the, the current statue can move it? its head, it can open the cockpit and all of that stuff, but they're saying that this one, the, the upcoming Unicorn Gundam, which, by the way, is a wonderful design and, and is so creative, it will actually be able to take steps forward. Oh my god, we are getting that much closer <laughs> to real life giant robots. <laughs> I'm glad that the, the future is the, now. I'm glad the statue is of it in its split horn form with the sort of red lighting and such. I think if it were that the unicorn form, I'd be a little disappointed. But I like this. I like this. Uh, How uh, cool what, would this what if, look at night? What if? Ooh. What if the next version, like, what if this version walks right? And you're like, wow, walking robot, right? And then the next version is like Gundam Exia, but it can dance. <gasps> holy shit oh i want that holy i want to have parties and it blasts rave music and we all just go yeah. in like maurice raving in the tavern like when it Whoa, spews, slow down maurice when it spews minofsky particles the beat drops oh that would be amazing. <laughs> yes but then 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 you got to start going down that slippery slope like some some naysayers the the fools might say is Hey, what about the next one? The next one's gonna be launching its dang dang self up by rocket launchers, and then what you gonna do? They're gonna attack and communism take over the world. And then you're like, Grandpa, Japan isn't communist. And he's like, <laughs> They, they have Grandpa. hug pillows. They're not going to do anything. Just let <laughs> they, them have they, their hug pillows. They're gonna die out in a couple generations. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh boy! No, notice I'm not laughing, people. I'm. I am laughing because if I don't, I'm gonna cry because I'm an emotional creature. Be in touch with your emotions. 
David, what are your feelings? Tell me your feelings, friend, of this uh, this goodbye and this hello. What do you hope to see from this? Do you want? Do you hope to see more in the future? Do you? Uh, I feel what like are, it what are your won't be long before someone at Bandai Visual decides to capitalize on the fact that Americans were kind of obsessed with Gundam Wing for a while back in the day and put like the Wing Gundam or the Death Scythe or the Wing Zero somewhere in the United States. And that will give rise to a Gundam Wing anniversary and all sorts of wonderfully disgusting Gundam Wing fan art all over again. It'll be like 2002 all over again. <laughs> I I heard from Matt Alt that runs the Alt Japan blog and is a a translator. If you don't if you don't know who he is, um, uh, he I remember him saying that Bandai Visual or or sorry Bandai was like just fucking and and Sunrise too just freaked out at the fact that like. We loved Gundam Wing because it was so kind of not what Gundam is about <laughs> that it just really uh, caught them off guard that that happened, which kind of makes me happy. Well, it was definitely the most easily accessible Gundam series to the West. It it was a tokusatsu show with pretty boys. So, you know, it worked. And, and I'm not even mad about it. If if Gundam Wing has a resurgence, all that means is more Gundam. So I'm happy. And it I'm has happy some that we're gonna cool have, designs. We're going to have the Unicorn Gundam. And that's going to be cool as yeah. shit to look at at night. Would you say it's the last Unicorn Gundam? Oh, goodness. No. No. <laughs> there, there's got to be more. Just make them everywhere. Yeah. I want a little tiny one. You All do. right, they are pretty cool. You can purchase those, I think. But yeah, they're red. Oh man, but gunpla are so expensive. And if it's going to be anything, it's going to be gunpla or nothing. Absolutely. I will right, ask guys. my model friends who are interested in the models. Y- yes, you David. You should. You should. So there's this thing about manga. Okay. Um, segue. Hard segue. <laughs> not one of my best. Not one of my best. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry, David. Uh, it's functional. It, it, do you? Are you talking about the comics that come from Japan? Yes, those I, are I'm mangoes. Sorry. I meant. I meant to say mangoes. <laughs> my mistake. Yeah, my mistake. Ma- mango or fruit. Yes. Good. Yes. Uh, that's I, no, that's manga. I, I had some dried mangas today. <laughs> <laughs> That's M-A-N-G-U-E. Mangu. Manga juice. Manguis. So the, there, was this, there was this study, guys, about uh, this gentleman who, who is a statistical analyst who's putting his mind and his research to, to good work. He's doing God's work, as they say, and he's trying to figure out just what the hell girls want from their shoujo manga. Oh, yeah, this. I have thoughts on this. It's a wor- worthy so, pursuit to figure out what, what the ladies want in any regarding, regarding anything. It, truly. <laughs> um, this gentleman, Midori Mak- 
Makita. Uh, he, he, you could say he's, he's a manga expert of sorts. Uh, this is his second study release on manga. Uh, he's read thousands and thousands of manga over the years. And he's turned his analytical eye to shoujo and jose manga to figure out what it is that drives the female interest. And as it shows from the, from the story from Annan, uh, he discovered that the, the object of protagonist desire, uh, usually is a high spec boy, uh, one with talent, dashing good looks and fame. So that, that's, that's something right there. 55% of male love interests in teen manga are talented and as are 54% in children's manga and 34% in general manga. And the protagonists are usually burdened with some kind of inferiority complex, which is usually the boring, uninteresting high school teenage girl in the manga who ends up with every cute boy fawning over her. And the whole thing goes really in-depth into uh, what this gentleman has discovered when it comes to female protagonists and why he believes women love certain types of manga so much but uh jack you said you have some thoughts on this so uh go ahead i do i do uh you've got a list of some of the more notable statistics in the google doc and i would like to read these if i may i i did scan the article and i think that these are honestly the most interesting to talk about uh so i will do so go ahead. uh so Makita found the object of protagonist desire is usually what they call a high spec boy because they can't just say that they're talented or cool. We gotta we gotta consider it like it's a console that's up for purchase. Man, this guy's got HDMI and 1080p at 60 FPS. No, but what they usually have to offer is But it is doesn't have an talented. Ethernet port. I know, and if you can't do that, then you can't make sweet, sweet little DS cartridge babies with your significant other. That's how sex works, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, they usually are, you know, they're talented, maybe they're a good cook, they're definitely handsome, at least by hand-drawn anime standards, and they are famous 55% of them are talented, and in general manga, that is 34%. But that doesn't account, and a lot of these don't account for what is actually a mega hit or a successful one. He's just kind of going, oh, this is just what is there. Uh, He also notices that more boys, uh, the boys are more likely to praise this know nothing something whatever protagonist and tell them that they love them as the story progresses being loved by the talented popular high status boys you feel like you might be recognized by society as well um david <laughs> are are you interested in this doc i know really this uh i am i am interested uh and i am i'm saddened by yeah by the rationale that he gives uh, especially yeah. the the quote regarding boys love manga oh right? I, i'm gonna get to that i'm going point by point but but even this too right is that 
<laughs> that part of the fantasy, right, is, is you're meant to sort of get get a high off of uh, being loved by the talented, popular boy, and there's some sort of equivalency there to like being accepted by society. And I don't know. A lot of this just speaks to like how difficult it is to I just be a woman there at, at everywhere, right? I mean, go outside, go outside, girls. You're all cute. Even even if you think that your thighs are giant, even if you think that maybe just maybe that weird thing on your forehead, you know the thing. You keep looking at it. You're probably looking at it right now. Don't pick at it. Don't. Jack told you to stop. Don't do it. Just go out there and just enjoy yourself. You don't have to smile. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to hold yourself away because you don't think you're worth it. You should I like feel a girl with a unique forehead. Yeah, there you go. David will date you regardless of those strange protuberances. Are those horns? Whatever. Doesn't matter. I mean, get out here. I'm a, tr- and- I'm a Trekkie. <laughs> I don't mind Klingons. <laughs> Well, I think this is like more about more than like them thinking they're good looking. I mean, I imagine that there are um, ladies who I don't know, might consider themselves pretty that still have these these feelings of not being not feeling accepted by society. Like, I don't know, there's just it feels like a lot of this just speaks to like burdens that that women Mm -hmm. carry that I just have. I have so much sympathy for for them um for, submit, for people feeling this I way i submit some examples i submit some examples of some mega hits and they're not the most recent examples but boy these things are still in people's consciousness for i want to say it's almost coming up on a decade for one of them almost 10 years my friends uh two of the more popular let's say female oriented but i enjoy them i know folks of all genders that enjoy them. Um, uh, the two series I'm thinking about that kind of debunk a lot of these statistics that Mr. I'm going to twirl my mustache and smoke my cigar and pinpoint exactly what gets that bottom line. <laughs> Is there a Japanese equivalent of that? Would that just be Mr. Satan? Ah, well, moving on. Uh, the two anime series and in one case manga series that I am speaking of are Oron High School Host Club and Princess Jellyfish. They both have a feminine protagonist and a male love interest of some kind. Some more than... Uh, the Oron definitely has a lot more of those to offer. But here's the thing. You've got two very different kinds of protagonists in those. I am hearing dead silence. You two, uh, are you at? Are you both of you at least familiar? I know David. Oh and yeah, I yeah. I'm just. Wrong. I'm waiting for for you to like make to your make up. your point as all. Yeah. No. All I, right, I'm, right. And I'm. I know. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say, yeah. Jack, teaser for the folks at home. Yes. Uh, with all, <laughs> with Elrond, I think I might be able to challenge you on that one. But go ahead. All right. All right. Um, Haruhi from Oron is a very, very capable young woman or man doesn't really matter what you call her. And that's kind of a different, that's a difference right there, but you know, let's not get into that part because that part's complicated. Uh, she's very, very, very much 
uh, independent. In fact, by the end of the anime, doesn't really get with anybody. It's kind of, oh, it's implied. Yeah, sure. She gets with the Spoilers. main fell atomic. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Uh, it's implied. But I mean, y'all knew it's always the main character gets with the main, you know, whoever they tout the most in the intro. So I don't know why it's so surprising. Besides, it's a really old anime at this point. You should watch. Um, it's a high spec boy. <laughs> But the point I'm saying is, uh, this character takes no shit, is sufficient, and doesn't need approval from anybody. In fact, most of the time, Haruhi shoots down anybody trying to belittle her or treat her like 90% of the things that this fella is talking about. On the other hand, someone who's closer to this kind of protagonist like Makita is talking about in Princess Jellyfish, this meek long-haired, messy, kind of whatever kind of otaku girl. She is more in this line of this formula, but she is her own thing. I would highly recommend, by the way, to any of you who have not watched either of these series to take a look at it, regardless of whether or not you are a man or a woman. I think that they both have some very good things to offer, whether it's laughs or just a really good, good feeling, a good feeling. I'm a man. Uh, the protagonist. I don't. I don't watch none of that girlish shit. Come on. Uh, I can't. I can't watch. I can't watch. Well. genuine relationships getting forms. Punches. <laughs> I need people punching each other. Yeah, sure. Oh, there's punching yeah, in the first episode of uh, Princess Jellyfish. Abs. I want washboard abs. <laughs> as as someone who enjoys seeing people punch one another, but also watch yes. Oron High School. Host Same. Movie. Mm. Uh, I I have to say, uh, your case of Haruhi, uh, it's it's a little intriguing because with all of the things you say, uh, th- this is all kind of predicated on the premise of Haruhi being a part of the host club for the bulk of the series, and essentially, while she showed that she was capable, it really didn't take any crap from anyone she still for all intents and purposes kind of hid her femininity for quite a bit of it and and it seems like i would go ahead and it would seem like that that kind of subverts the idea that here was this heroine that subverted what this study is saying i would say uh and this is a common thing and i i didn't expect to actually bring up this uh kind of discussion in this particular subject but um japan has kind of a weird thing about uh gender bend i suppose is the way of putting it gender expression gender identity i'm no stranger to this myself folks but uh let's put it this way Without getting too into it, too political, too um, triggered, die, scum, because I'm I'm not like that. I don't care. I don't really care. But Japan, they they're you know they're they're playing hard and fast rules, and they know what they want, and they don't really want to get into this uh, out of their comfort zone to really tackle this uh, cultural phenomenon, which is 
is more global than people will think. I'm int- I'm reading some very interesting cases in the UK of some uh, transgender stuff going on over there. But, you know, that's its whole other thing. I'm not about to insinuate Haruhi is transgender or anything like that. But what they do with stuff that plays with gender, with these kinds of characters, whether it's Haruhi or Persona Four spoilers for anybody who's playing Naruto, uh, Naruto, Naoto, uh, being a uh, a character who hides the fact that she is uh, she is a girl in and mostly just kind of goes on the appearance of being male and you know having male titles and just kind of doing whatever and then after the secret is discovered, whether it's the first episode of Oron or it is you know midway while you're romantically pursuing Naoto, uh, you get this sudden shift in the way that they treat these characters, which have this, you know, this big secret, this big kind of switch in gender. And I've seen it in other things, which are a little bit more shameful just for the sake of, I had to watch it because, you know, when you're a doctor doc, you watch your doctor shows, don't you? You watch monster. You watch Watch blackjack. You watch Blackjack, you watch um, Psychosomatic, what's that one? I don't remember what it's called, but it's it's like kind of like Hitalia-style five-minute quick shots of uh, psychological disorders. I don't remember what it's called, Doctor but Who. that's a good show. Doctor Who. Doctor <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, why not? Trape- are you talking about trapeze? Uh, no, it's called Psychosomatic something-something class yay, probably. That's oh, exactly God. what it's called. This, it, is it's, a, this is new and eaten for me. <laughs> uh, actually, let me... Because I, I know... Oh, it's in my quick search because I, I, I just wanted to. Okay, while well, you look at comical up, psychosomatic thought... medicine, comical okay. psychosomatic medicine. So, um, you know, I, I figure since this is kind of a thing that is, you know, a part of my life, I need mm. to watch these kinds of things and kind of form my own opinions on these kinds of things and why I think it happens. But, uh, without getting into my own, uh, you know, this is about how it how these characters are presented, and David is submitting that Haruhi is not, uh seen as feminine but i will remind you david that since everybody in the host club is aware and is keeping her secret that she is a girl uh when there are scenes where they are all alone or doing their own thing however that may be which are several frequent scenes it is that typical Japan manner of, okay, we have this character who is gender bent, but we really, 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 really want to play up all the cuteness and all the aspects of women and characters that we really enjoy. And they did that with Naoto. You know, I think there's like a scene really far off, like, oh man, we're going to go and we're going to bathe. Oh man. And it's the same kind of thing with this of, all right, we're going to get her in a swimsuit. We're going to watch her clean. We're going to have our main character fantasize about her cleaning house and being a housewife. You know, it's all just kind of all manner of things, whether or not they actually happen or are imagined. They play up the feminine aspects of these characters. And I would say with that argument, uh, they they continue to have her as a feminine character it's just made as a plot point that she is part of the time in the public eye for the most part acting like a man, but she is still in the gaze of the people who are trying to give her her approval like this statistic uh, nonsense that Makita is trying to throw at us that she is still 
getting approval from these people and supposedly wanting to be recognized by this particular part of society that she is now part of this community that she has brought herself into that she is still seen as a feminine figure. They don't treat her like one of the guys, so to speak. That's what I'm getting at, David. Well, I would that say could that be, she still um, works there. And that could just be one of the, I mean, he's, you know, he's only talking about uh, a, a majority, right? Like a 55%, right? So it's not saying like, all manga like there are no exceptions mm-hmm. this could just be in the minority and it's also like oren is a really interesting example because it is so about trope subversion like it's and it's hard to like draw and that's too why many conclusions from it yeah exactly that's why this is good um, makita has it's kind of, nothing it's kind right. of an anomaly you know what i mean and and, and that's what makes it special that, is because that's it's the point so that singular I'm is that, that oren Oran is an anomaly, and I'm saying that even Oran, to a certain degree, is not perfect. No, it's not perfect. This. It's halfway halfway not, through. It, it's I mean, in super terms of tropey. I mean, in terms this. of subverting this trope, it is not perfect. I, I'm just trying to say that the things that gain popularity, uh, they they're gonna play with tropes. I mean on the other spectrum of it with princess jellyfish that's involving the romantic interest for the main character is a cross-dressing man it's kind of funny i didn't mean for that to be like my particular thing about oh we're going to talk about men and women i'm going to talk about the cross-dressing anime but those two i'm into it to this day to this day those two series are you know they're universally they're talked about people are still putting you know gift sets everywhere that you look like this is this is what became popular and it's not just in in the US like I'm still see- seeing merch being churned out for Princess Jellyfish. I am not even kidding. There are keychains I saw last week for Princess Jellyfish, Japanese uh merchandise. What I'm saying here that I'm trying to debunk Makita's uh business is that he's saying what is the more common thing statistically, but that doesn't mean that it is what people really want right. from their manga. He's just right. talking about what or, is or what there. people are reading, right? I mean, this isn't necessarily it, here's what people are reading. Here, he's just saying here's what exists. And there's a lot of manga. Like, oh my gosh, have you seen the things that they put on bookshelves these days? Oh my gosh, some of that stuff has the worst art. Some of that stuff has <laughs> the most awful kinds of situations. However, you want to put it, there's all kinds of problems with the kind of things that are getting translated and put across, you know, across the sea here in yeah, America. No, no Imagine what and there's the stuff that doesn't make it. What didn't fucking. Yeah. Imagine what didn't fucking make it. If that kind of shit's getting translated, that's what I'm that's the point I'm trying to make. And I, I went super roundabout on it, but that's not that's not abnormal for APOS. But that's what I'm trying to say is that that kind of thing cannot be used to delineate because well david and i agree uh with a um an an old associate of ours that a percentage a percentage of japanese entertainment is crap the percentage may fluctuate considering on who you ask i believe for david it is 70 and i'm willing to maybe say "Mm, 85 percent is crap you can't 
you can't expect what's going to be super mega popular to be your average series. It kind of has to go above and beyond and not do what everything it's, it's else is. It's gotta be a, a death good. parade. It's gotta be an erase. It's gotta be It's gotta be a death parade. It's gotta pristine. be ninety one days. I'm currently watching that. That is completely different from anything I've seen. It it, it kinda had flavors of Bacano in the beginning, but it, it is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's gotta be it's so funny though, like I think most of the things that we're mentioning actually aren't super popular. Um in terms of raw numbers, I think a lot of these might be well regarded in Anna Twitter circles that we frequent, right? And and kind of our local fandom bubbles. Not talking about Oron or Princess Jellyfish here, because you know, you have you know, Oron has clearly stood the test of time, I, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and, and and I will you fully admit Doc. I will fully admit during 2016, I was probably this fandom's biggest evangelist for 91 days. I was. The oh, I'm right up there with you. Show. I'm right, right up there with you. It is. It made my top 10 of the year, which you can see on Wave Motion Canon. I think it's entirely deserving and is a show that I think like I, I, and I'm not one of these guys like, oh, anime should be more like something it's not like. Why is it so Japanese? But I think I am. We, we, could, we could stand to have more uh, shows with that sort of um, appeal is uh, something that's ripped from the Japanese like context and put in another and more sort of u- to universal audiences. Right. Like that show 91 days, you know, I think most people's dads, right. If they enjoy Goodfellas or Bob stories could watch that and get something out of it and say like, this is a quality product. Like, I feel like, you know, more of that should exist alongside what we're currently getting for Otaku and Fujoshi and Shonen people and what have you. Speaking of Fujoshi, really quickly, because I know I know I, I went super off on this guy uh, talking his shit, but I did want to mention what he kind of talks about with yeah. the BL thing. Um I, I kind of want to throw out what I was going to say out the window, but he talked about a little bit about, oh, usually the the more feminine parter, partner by 54% to 39 is usually the main protagonist in manga read more by women. So he does have a sense of what is actually being read statistically, but uh, here here is something that I would like to submit. This is, uh, it's actually on my bookshelf right now. Oh, man jack you have a bl big surprise being being queer again i see but um (laughs) this this is um an older series i believe 98 99 uh and it is the best selling not just in the states but if i recall it was koden shah's like it was up in the top 30 of koden shah the year it came out and continues to, to I keep seeing again it's like you know the Anna Twitter thing yeah absolutely but I saw uh, like a Japanese caption fan art thing of it maybe last year and this thing is from the 90s Bible and black no, I'm just kidding absol- absolutely <laughs> dick girls talking about more feminine partners in her BL business nah this is yellow and I'm sure neither of you know what yellow is so let me just I've, go I've ahead. heard of it um, oh, oh but okay. Just, but just the name, I don't know the concept, the story concept. Um, well, the title just comes from your base 
basic explanation of safe words, I'm actually not even kidding of that. They kind of just say, yep, red means stop and green means go, but yellow means slow down, caution, be careful. And it's about two cops. And uh, actually, both of them relatively the same in degrees of masculinity and uh they're almost again this is another thing none of them are actually more of a protagonist it's kind of a deuteragonist kind of thing they're both that is a that is a <laughs> word That's i did tremendous. not say deuter <laughs> it is <laughs> they that are is, that is it a is a word. legit ass legit word that means there are two protagonists that share equal screen time and uh, like again Neither are really more feminine, and in times of uh, the, the the sexy times, they uh, I believe they switch about who is uh, doing the doing and who is given the doing. But that doesn't matter. You're here for the story, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I started. Totally. I sold this. I sold this poorly. No, I honestly I, I recommend this to people. That's um, at Jack D. <laughs> D on Twitter. Di- didn't uh, Erica Friedman talk about this on an Ancast recently? I think she she brought up a lot of like uh, gay and transgender manga titles that will be coming over. Um, is this like a new release? Like even though it's old, like right? Did it no, ex- the the one on my the one on my uh, uh, bookshelf is maybe a second edition. Uh, let me okay. see. No, it's a collected omnibus from 09. So, you know, still uh, not terribly old, not terribly new. But the yeah, first, okay. actually, let me take a quick look because I was just on the publisher's page. Jack, you could figure out when it's actually was made. Um, but the uh, let's see. Oh, it doesn't give me regular publishing information. That's great. Well, anyway, uh, point I was trying to make is uh it's it's an interesting story, even if you're not there for, hey, I really want to see hand-drawn gay sex. Like, I picked it up because I heard it was about two undercover narcs doing, doing undercover narc things and being rad. And also, they're gay, and it kind of goes into this. <laughs> okay, there was part of it was, oh yeah, they're gay. But um, the interesting dynamic was, it wasn't your average dynamic you usually see in this kind of genre of one is super super forward and will always you know tuck his hand under the smaller usually smaller usually shorter one's uh chin and go yeah i'm totally gonna wreck that butthole tonight you're gonna his absurdly large hand his absurdly large hand i'm totally gonna make your butt resemble our nation's flag kodocha don't you worry. <laughs> That's going to be a thing. No, the the interesting dynamic of it wasn't just, okay, we got some cool, you know, drug sniffing situations going on here. I like cop dramas, you know, this is anime law and order. I'm down with it. Let's take a look. This is also, the fact of the matter is, one of them is not gay. And the other guy, his partner, whom he is friends with, they have kind of a continual strained relationship because his partner is super gay. And yes, he's forward, but he's not that forward with his massive, massive pancake hands. It was an interesting thing to see their slow burn because like most 90s entertainment, it's always interesting to see how the 
not gay trademark symbol character becomes gay. It's always interesting to see that. Maybe from a time capsule perspective, maybe this doesn't hold up to people, but I consider it a classic. And clearly, some Japanese artist in 2016 did too. And it it stood the test of time enough to be best-selling for a reason. And I think most of the reason is, truthfully, I'm not even just saying this like some folks will, it's the story. It is absolutely the story. The story is great. So... The the part about the women's romance in the study, uh, th- this was the part that uh, I'd really li- like to throw around, and then we'll get to the Nintendo Switch for a minute. Uh, Makita thinks that it depends uh, when it comes to the popularity with women of women's romance uh, manga, Shoujo Ai. Uh, women's romance manga get, get close to the source of stress in a patriarchal society, Makita says. A man of high social status. Uh, Boys Love Manga runs away to a world without women. Women who, like BL, need an escape from the toils of being women. That is what he says about uh, popularity with with Boys Love Manga. This is this is what I've heard uh, for a while about Boys Love and and how it can play a kind of a unique role in. Um, the lives of, of young teenage women that, uh, and in Japan, the sort of stringent gender roles and, and whatnot, um, that you were speaking about, Jack, like, I think it's my understanding that, um, you are a little bit freer to explore your kind of, and and be more fluid in your sexuality to a degree, uh, when you are young and that these, these, uh, stories, uh, play a role in helping them do that. And, and for that, I, I think that they're valuable and I think that they're kind of fascinating. I, I think that that would be a fair thing to say. And it's interesting that it says that there is an escape to a world without women because on the other side of my bookshelf, we have the famed Strawberry Panic. I don't know if either of you are aware of what that is or by title alone. That is a Yuri manga. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Yuri, of course, being lesbian, a lesbian manga. If you um, uh, if you if you took if you took that that manga, the Strawberry Panic. Yes. And you you put some water on it and then you put it in your (laughs) freezer. You know what you'd have? Would I have a strawberry freeze? You'd have Yuri on ice. Oh, podcast over. (laughs) This is over. No. No. I'm, I'm so sorry for undercutting your serious point. I'm no, that's so a, sorry. No, 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 that's no, perfect. <laughs> I don't have no, a not. serious point. My points are never serious. My points are swirly and whirly and twirly. But um, it is interesting that uh, Makita mentions that there is an escape from a world without women because this is a female-oriented Yuri manga, which you'd think would make it less explicit with the actual lesbian sex and does not. In fact, I would say that of the two genres, lesbian manga is more, far more, regardless of who the target audience is, is far more risque than anything I've ever seen in a BL manga. But that being said, that uh, best-selling and uh, there are so many copies of it. I keep hearing people complaining who are in the uh, 
the Yuri scene because I have friends who will keep me updated on this, whether I like it or not, will tell me, oh, it's just another strawberry panic clone. It's just another strawberry panic clone. And what they mean by that is that the environment is the same. And the environment is, drumroll, an all-girls academy because it's a world without men. So it's interesting that um, that trend follows through the uh, the uh, the BL manga, and you get kind of most successful uh, one of the one of the more you know revered titles in Yuri manga, following the same suit, and then all of this bombardment I get from my from my Yuri fr- fan friends. Wow, that's a hard phrase to say will say the same thing and go, yeah, there's just, you know, it's another girl's school. It's another girl's school. So that's interesting. I would say at the very least, I don't know if it's what people want. I'm still, I'm still averse to give this guy like any credit, but I think that is interesting that that is a phenomenon that you do see that authors have taken the liberty of doing, of going, okay, you don't want dudes. You don't want a girl and dude romance. We got rid of the dude. You don't want a girl and dude romance? We got rid of the girl. And just see where that goes. So that is interesting, at the very least. I will nod my head like most anime mentors and (laughs) smile coyly and say, hmm, interesting. What else do you have on your sleeve, Makita? But anyway, what are your guys' thoughts? Because I've totally just... I've, I've gone off on this guy just for the sake of being yeah, actually actually it sounds like this but i'm interested in uh what you had to say about this david because i know you brought this up for a reason i think i'm asexual now <laughs> <laughs> so turned off to the whole um, the whole thing man <laughs> oh i'm thank you so for you bringing guys it up. wrap it up and talk about so so go ahead doc go ahead no, I was just going to say thanks for bringing this study to our attention and to the audience. attention. I think it's interesting. It's definitely worth reading and thinking about. There's a lot of really interesting data here. <laughs> oh, boy. And I would highly recommend people, you know, oh, man, for the plot, quote unquote, or actually for the plot, check out Yellow. I actually have it in front of me by Makoto Tateno. So there's that. Uh, there's an omnibus edition, and that was a 2009 release. It's only two volumes, so you know you can invest in that fairly easily. Do not read Strawberry Panic; it's actually trash. Yellow, <laughs> incidentally, also a manga author. Oh, really? <laughs> there's a there's a sh- uh, sort of lesser one of the sort of lesser shown in lights that have come out in the last decade or so. I can't remember what it's called now but a person called yellow wrote it <laughs> sorry oh i this... thought you meant a person called strawberry panic oh that's interesting i no, wonder no. if it's if it's about <laughs> neck beards that are like doing the ice bucket challenge oh okay you know what that would be an anime i would watch is if somebody tried to imitate this weird millennial dude bro culture in an anime and made it like a shonen like a regular ass shonen i, I would so down for that just like a bunch of assholes that got together one's a youtuber one's a prank show challenge exclamation point challenge 
And they're all just doing challenges. One's a video gamer. One's a prank star. One does dubs of infomercials. One does ice bucket challenges. And they're all shitheads. And they all shout, yada! Now that I've been entirely racist. Are you sure this wouldn't be like something the the staff at Crunchyroll wouldn't come up with themselves? Oh, man. I, I hope that they do. Let's get some crowdfunding to them to hire actual professional anime artists and animators to make challenge exclamation point. Let's I want not. that to happen. <laughs> I want to watch the world burn at this rate with the anime that's coming out. Oh, boy. You know what I don't want to watch the world, the world burn for coming out? Yeah. The, the yeah. Nintendo Switch. Let's talk about a thing I love. Now. Now, Jack, uh, as we've said many times on this podcast and other iterations of this podcast, when it comes to Nintendo things, I opt to recuse myself. I'm not a Nintendo hater by any stretch of the imagine imagination. Oh, of course I'm you simply are. ignorant to it. The Say last that. Nintendo machine I ever had was the old school original Game Boy. The Ooh. Nintendo Switch just came out. A worthy thing. I have one as well. People mm-hmm. seem to be enjoying it. Jack, subtle doctor, go ahead. You first, Doc. You first. Well, uh, I'm probably fall between you two. Like I, gr- <laughs> I don't have a switch, uh, no, and I don't really have a, too big of an interest right now in obtaining one. Um, and that's not like I don't again particularly dislike Nintendo. I grew up. Uh, with the NES and the SNES, the SNES being one of my favorite consoles of all time. Um, and yes. I, I'm very satisfied with those, but the next couple of consoles that Nintendo released, the game library w- had a couple of stellar standouts, but just wasn't consistently like giving me what I needed. So I became a PlayStation person. Uh, and had a little bit of a sort of fling with Sega for, for a bit. I still own a Dreamcast, still play my Dreamcast from time to time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, mostly, mostly Sony person and they have satisfied my gaming needs for the majority of my adult life. But I have to say, having not been interested in a Zelda game since Ocarina of Time, like the Ocarina was the last one that like made me like look at pictures and videos and go, holy shit, like I need to play this. Uh, Breath of the Wild stirred some of those same feelings. But you can play that on a Wii U console, but I don't I can, but I don't, have one. No, I, I own a Wii, but not a Wii U, unfortunately. I would say uh, not to, not to, uh, you know, cut in. I I do want you to get back to it, oh, but no, I would say it, I would say a Wii U at this point, at this point, more worth purchasing than a than a Nintendo Switch. I would say either wait to get a Switch or purchase a Wii U console now the, the before they're I, all gone because they're not making any more. That's true. The thing I do love about the Switch, um in terms of its potential game library, not so I'm not super familiar with the design of it again, because I haven't, I don't really have an interest in buying once so I haven't looked at a lot of pictures of it and, and sort of, I don't understand, or I don't know about the, the feel of it, but like, it's my understanding that Nintendo is adopting 
a much more inclusive approach to independent games and is going to have things like um, Stardew Valley and um, Binding of Isaac and what have you. So it feels like, right, that there's like this console, this like beautiful sort of nexus of like the Nintendo first party games, but also these dope games that I would play on like PC or Vita that are going to exist on the Switch. And so I think like if that comes to fruition, that that is actually really, really a good step for them because third party support has always been or not always, but basically since the Super Nintendo has been like a thorn in their side, their consoles have been severely lacking in it. I would be willing to agree with uh, with that assumption. That being said, I- I'm I'm sorry, I don't want to cut in again. I want to make sure. No, no, that's done. I mean, those are basically I mean, yeah. I don't I don't have too many more thoughts on it. I, I want to let you gush about what you want to gush about before we get out of here. Uh, I will gush because, uh, gentlemen, I went to a uh, conference that they had. Well, not a conference, but a uh, a, a showing they had up pretty close to my place. I won't say exactly where, but um, I went this last weekend and I saw some things and I was unable to tweet about it because of two reasons you know they have like their disclosure agreement but they also have the oh, uh they really I, made you I, sign I had an a... nda yeah yeah it was weird i i was actually thinking to myself but it's almost about to launch i don't know why but the other reason was my phone was dead and the first thing i would have done when i grabbed my phone anyway would have been to be like fuck yeah let me take some pictures of me being rad cuz i i dressed up for no reason i dressed up like hattie haddington from the behemoth's uh, battle block theater a masterpiece of a game uh that being said i did play a little bit and i would say that all of what you see in the trailer mechanic wise of how things actually indeed switch work perfectly they work perfectly i am not exaggerating i'm not saying that because i have stars in my eyes or coin blocks you know floating around me like a dizzy cartoon character (laughs) they are excellent there were a couple desync issues but there were attendants to kind of show how to fix that and that was interesting to see arms was a lot of fun David, yes. I think that arms would be something right up your alley. That that um, that's the one, Jack. That is the one. That's the one nothing, that caught my nothing attention. Nothing from uh, nothing from Mario Odyssey, but uh, are those arms are those arms wild? Oh, they're they Amazing. are wild and nice crazy reference. guys. <laughs> nice reference. And I, and I bring up my own as well. Um, are there a thousand of them? <laughs> sorry i apologize oh, man. arms with stop. no ar- no do not apologize this is a pot you think we have standards <laughs> you're like the you're like the highest standard we have right now because there's david please, and there's please don't me like that's hierarchy <laughs> so um but arms was great there was nothing for mario, mario odyssey but i am all kinds of hype for that because Mario, for those of you who aren't aware and don't see my Twitter or any other kind of feed that I have, I make the art, I make the cosplays, and I make the writings about all the things Mario. It is 
a really fun little universe for me. I don't like some things. I'm definitely not a 3D world guy. I did not enjoy that. And I didn't like some of 3D land. I liked what it had to offer. But like, I'm more for the Mario RPGs. I'm there for Paper Mario. There for Mario RPG Original. That is my favorite game of all time. That and the Wii. That and the Wii Paper Mario. I think Super Paper Mario gets a bad rap. That is platforming goodness at its best and a story that actually makes people cry. I've had Nintendo haters ask me what was going to happen next between chapters as we played together. Super Paper Mario is underrated. But I'm looking forward to Odyssey. Yes. You're saying this Super Mario Odyssey. uh, What have you seen so far from the Switch that has really gotten you excited. Have you gotten one yet for yourself? I have not because I am a broke ass human being. And <laughs> that is the thing that exists. So if I had $300, I'd probably either shove it into the con fund or I would uh, buy myself a new c- cosplay because that is my priorities. Uh, not to actually, you know, save it. Or you know what I could do? My third option and the most likely option is I'd spend that 300 on food in the month. That being said, uh, I will look forward to either purchasing a, a, a Switch for myself or uh, kind of going halvesies. I have uh, kind of joint custody of a Wii U right now on the same principle with a friend of mine. And uh, he did express after a certain point he would be down for doing the same thing with a switch. Uh, that being said, we're going to buy breath of the wild for the Wii U and see if there are any kind of graphical or mechanical issues with it before, uh, continuing on to see about pursuing the Wii. But what I can say about breath of the wild, Oh, it looks really good. It has to do with the television. I have a CRT. I do. And it has a built in VA. Oh, Jack! Wow! But I think it's still gonna look good. Are you like a Smash I think it's still Brothers? Gonna look good. Are you a, like a melee diehard? Is that why you still oh, have a God. CRT? Actually, that's the one system I skipped in Nintendo. Okay. I like, I actually kind dudes... of have a hatred for Smash. Well, <laughs> like... I was I was just gonna. The only reason I bring it up is because those dudes like at their at the tournament scene. Well, yeah, they bring CRTs CRT. because the latency yes, they, they can't. Do handle it you know uh yeah no to me that just shows the game is flawed (laughs) oh yeah we can go we can go my whole thing is i'm i play an actual fighting game i play blaze blue and uh skull (laughs) girls so you know and i I play a game uh, that's actually in the current century uh tekken so Oh, they, come they on. just made a new Blaze Blue. <laughs> uh, yeah, Central but Fiction. I'm, I'm going to ignore that one because they're not going to. They don't dub like it. it. I, they're not going to dub it, so I don't. Oh, I don't do care. you have to have play the English voices? I, I, I'm very sad. There are. I think there was actually a previous APOS where I waxed about how the the cast was sad, not just for their lost paycheck. Uh, the the dubbed cast was sad, and fans were sad. And everybody who doesn't somehow have the weird arbitrary thought of when I play a game, I'm going to go after it's already been dubbed and I can understand everything. I'm going to go into options and 
turn everything into gibberish because yep. that puts me more in the game to focus on the mechanic. I'm sorry. It's mostly because Blaze Blue has such a big story impact on me, not just from the mechanic sense, not just from the tourney scene, but I always play in English if I'm the one who makes the choice, you know? It's like it's like what they say, driver picks music, shotgun shuts his cake hole because if I'm playing, if it's my system, if it's my tourney, I'm playing on English because that gets me pumped. That's what gets me in there. That the you know the the names of the moves and the characters talking shit at each other. That's the kind of game. You're, you're that not I a weeb, am- Jack. Just say it. You're not a weeb. I'm not a fucking weeb. Fuck all of you sure. who don't care. Fuck all of you complacent motherfuckers on the central fiction scene. Fuck all of you who played the game already and spoiled it for me. Fuck you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll play on my CRT that I can't move, and I will play a real game, Smash Fags. Okay, that's a little bit too much. I'm going to back off now, but God damn it, I play a real game. <laughs> I'm All a right. big boy. <laughs> well, Subtle Doctor, thanks so much for joining us on the anime podcast of some sort. Hope oh, you had a great I'm time. so sorry. I'm so sorry, David. Uh, I've been an absolute improper and rude mess but i did want to tell you one thing that i think will make it all better all of my transgressions gone because i wrote it jackson here old jack tell the thing david what if i told you that my local target and potentially others is currently selling and i am not making this up honest to goodness brand spanking new with carts Sega Genesis consoles. What if I told you that was a thing? For you're not talking bucks. about that. You're not talking about like that <laughs> that emulator <laughs> thing, right? No, no. I've seen I've seen that. I have seen. No, that. this is not a plug and play. This is a mint Genesis console. Maybe it's just because I live in a one horse town, but there's a Genesis console in my target. With games, someone needs to investigate that. Like, what? What? I, I think I just need to. What I think happening? I need to buy it. But if I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. If I buy it, though, like I'm gonna open it up and there's just gonna be like a horse head in there. Like I don't think it's an actual <laughs> Genesis. But I looked. Well, I looked, and I was like, Jack, "Is this a plug and play?" You ought to know <laughs> that if you do purchase this and you do open it up, the cartridge that you put in. And you flip the switch, you will have the biggest gateway into my mind. Sega. <laughs> what, I'm what's, looking what's, forward. What Sonic did you play the most, DJM? Oh, six clearly. One? Oh God. Okay, you, um, you played which, one. Okay. Which one? Jeez, please. Um, the the first one. Second one, Spinball, three, three and Knuckles, 3D Blast, Adventure, Adventure 2, uh, Sega. I mean the most, like right on Genesis. (laughs) Because we had a Genesis as well when I was a kid, and it had, we had Sonic 2 and Spinball and some Fantasy Star games. It would have to be a toss-up between Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles. No. I love Knuckles. Well, <laughs> uh, the ones I Knuckles I've, is great. The ones I've played were uh, 
The ones I played was Boom, because that same friend I just told you guys we you were having it? joint custody of the Wii U, he bought it for Dalul's. And uh, that was fun. That was the one I played I, most recently. But I did play I, Generations. I you need, your your friends are highly questionable. <laughs> your your friends like are through, making um, the symptoms from my upper respiratory infection start triggering again. So we just oh, no. have to wrap this up. My kid, my kids and I just played through Sonic CD, and uh, oh, we we choice. really liked that a whole bunch. It's a great game. It's a great game. Mm. Great game. Great music. Sonic Loving. Boom, Sonic Boom, Sonic no. Boom. <laughs> I thought his middle name was The. Well, his name and is actually that... Maurice. His name is Maurice. Maurice. Look that up. Crazy old Maurice. <laughs> Thank you. I will I look that just up. Gonna fucking say that. Where is that from? Where is the? Where the fuck is crazy, crazy old Maurice? Crazy old from? Maurice. What reference is that? Jesus. Oh boy, howdy. It's gonna be bothering me. That's now. uh, it's Beauty and the Re- Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's. I, I it's saw a terrible time. Meme of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. I saw We've him out last night raving. <laughs> Whoa! Slow down, Maurice. Stop raving. <laughs> We've lost cabin pressure. <laughs> thank you so much, Subtle for Doctor. Thank you so much for coming on the anime podcast of some sort. Uh, tell uh, everybody what you've got going on over at Wave Motion Cannon. Well, I, like I said, thanks for having me. This has been super fun. Uh, I'll be happy to come on anytime and. Uh, if there's ever an opportunity, uh, perhaps uh, one or both of you could uh, join us on a Wadawi Desho episode. Um, if you're willing to put up with our marathon recording sessions. <laughs> uh, but uh, Wave Motion. I'm going to um, tell you right now that th- this is about the red line of okay. the Delta Juliet Mike podcast. Wait, our last, our Fujiko Mine episode was six hours long. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So check that out. That just came, that came out uh, pretty recently. Um, uh, and we're doing an episode of What Are We Do Show on, uh, as luck would have it, this is not prearranged with what we talked about in these Gunbuster and Diebuster. We'll be recording that soon. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we've got um, our Scum's Wish sort of weekly reaction pieces and our may dragon weekly reaction pieces. Uh, if you're not familiar with our weekly format, like a bunch of our staff gives like a, you know, few hundred words, uh, reaction. It's not meant to be like a review or anything complete, but just something about the episode that struck them or their kind of overall impressions. And we get kind of a range of opinions, um, per episode. So those are coming out. We've got our, our weekly translation pieces that go up every Tuesday. Hashtag translation Tuesday. So uh, check out uh, those. Um, one should be coming down the pike uh, if it hasn't already uh, today. Um, and other than that, I am working on a couple of different articles. Um the most I can probably say is that one is about a recent anime film trilogy, and the other is about a character, a beloved character, uh, a character I love very much from an anime that aired last summer. So look out for those in the uh, 
in the near future. And if you want to talk to me, I'm at the subtle doctor on Twitter. Hit me up. We can talk about Bloodborne. We can talk about anime. We can talk about whatever you want. Hip hop, soccer. I'm game. Hit me up. Thank you right. so much, Jack. Oh, what yeah. have you got to say for yourself? <laughs> I make life miserable for everybody on a various platforms of things. You could find me uh, just basically shouting in general on Twitter at Jack D Tyler D. That's Tyler D is in Tyler Durden. I guess you could kind of figure that that's kind of an influence of mine from just what a peach I was during today's recording. Um, How you can also find me. Eight of you. <laughs> I this know. Is, this is the best soap, Mister Durden. I'm ru- I'm running in the 90s. It's a good place to be. Um, you can also find me at Dr. Junkenstein, I presume, on the Tumbles, where I... <laughs> yes. That's wonderful. Yes. Uh, and I, I put my art there primarily. I will talk about things. I'm actually currently... I just posted a big-ass thing, which I did uh, repost to Twitter, of uh, my thoughts on Blaze Blue, and I'll give you just a little taste, you two. I mentioned how our white-haired protagonist got his white hair from being traumatized by the main villain burning his house down, tearing off his arm, and leaving his family for dead. It's cheaper than bleach. It's that kind of article. I'm also yeah, in the process of writing a couple about just the meta of narration and how it's continuing to evolve in our uh, our current vein of storytelling and media. So that'll be a little bit more of a serious thing. But then also just my idea, my uh, my own thoughts and ideas and possibilities of how I myself would like to explore it. So I do get a little bit more cerebral, but then I'll also just make your life a living hell there. And uh, if you do happen to be, you know, a 2007 hipster, you might have an Instagram and you might want to follow me me there at jack the artiste it would be jack the artist but that was taken by another fool who doesn't do art he's just a dude this is the second time it's happened david but that being said (laughs) jack the artiste with an e and uh recently i've been showing some uh cosplay process for my bowser cosplay which will be debuted at fanime 2017 and san diego comic-con so that's something i'm working um, on i'm actually going to work on the sketch and that'll be interesting yes mario is this mario odyssey bowser uh oh man i i would love to do pimp and bowser but this is um what i have right now i'm actually going to color the sketch once uh we are all make parting our separate ways from this fantastic podcast but um i am currently working on the uh, rest of the costume design for it. It is a basically a human, a human Bowser with kind of a punk uh, biker gang kind of feel. The jacket that I'm going for is going to be green faux leather with studs, a uh, Koopa Troopa chevron on the shoulder. Made a custom patch for a uh, from a friend of mine who is going to help me with this project. Uh, some nice gold studs on the back to resemble the shell, and another custom patch which says "Hail to the King" and the beastly man's face right on the back there. It's going to be loads of fun, and I'm looking real forward to uh, sharing that with everybody on my uh, my various things. But uh, thank you so much. I just want to again throw out a big thanks to subtle doctor for joining us and thank you to david for making this possible because this has been a long time coming yell at me 
glad you boys are both well and we could finally do this. Yeah. Yell at me, everybody. It Yell at us. was a joy. Thank y'all so much for listening to the anime podcast of some sort. I appeared on the Ritual Mi- Misery podcast with Ethan Kane and Kent Feller not too long ago, so go ahead and check that out on the interwebs. Check out the Ritual Misery podcast. They're funny, and I said some stuff too. Until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll talk about anime at a later date.